Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. I've played in some big games. I've been a part of teams that have played in big games. Uh, so I know the preparation and the attention to detail that goes into uh, playing in and ultimately winning those games. Um, and so I can, I just hope I bring some of that attention to detail to some of the younger guys in the room. Because um, people like, uh, guys like Brady and Bo already know how to play in the SEC West. And so just help mentor these younger guys into becoming the next generation. Raise back on this line. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in the shell. We won't go in attack mode because that's what's required. On 103.7 The Buzz. With my boobay tastes like too late for the analyst. Girl, I can buy your Westie girl with my base stuff. I know that it's good. Would you say that on my taste plus? I get way too busy once you let me do the extras. Pull up on your block and break it down. We playing Tetris. AM to the PM, PM to the AM phone. One hour down, two hours to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon, it's a Trash Talk Thursday here on Out of Bounds. We're going to have Michael Bratton of That SEC Podcast joining us here shortly. Is We'll talk a little SEC with him. We'll also talk about college football in general, especially with some conference stuff going on and realignment and expansion nonsense, but it doesn't really matter. But either way, uh, before we do that, let's uh, go ahead and get to uh, Ryan, who's in Hot Springs. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, can I call you back after I've got my – can I call you back after Zach? Yeah, 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 we'll be yeah here. please do. Yeah, yeah. I've got something I got to deal with all of a sudden. I'll call <laughs> you back shortly. All right, we'll be here for you, Ryan. No problems at all, man. So appreciate you calling in. Uh, also, from our Southern Structural Solutions text line, uh, we got this from Chad. It says, John and Joe, interesting question. It says uh, that me and my buddies were pondering last night would you rather go 8 and 4, including a loss to Bama, or go 7 and 5, but we finally beat Bama? <laughs> I mean, Eight geez. and four, yeah, better record, yeah, better record, probably better bowl game. Everybody feels better about it. Although, like a Bama win does carry a lot of the load, but I still go with more wins. Just the more wins, the better. And you know, because I think at it too, like how as great as it would be to beat Bama, like are you gonna sacrifice that for a loss like at home to Mississippi State or another loss to Missouri? I'm not going to do that. So yeah, give me eight wins, eight wins every single time. Uh, we'll have more of your text messages, though, here in a bit, because I know a lot of other questions got asked to us. But uh, a lot of things happening, of course, with college football. We got week zero this week. Uh, some of the fun games that we'll be able to check out this Saturday, which is going to be awesome. And then we really get into the thick of things next week, nine days away, as we said, from Razorback football starting up. Matt Jones days away. So let's talk more about it as we go to the phone lines and welcome in friend of the show, Michael Bratton of That SEC Podcast. And Mike, it's been a minute, though. Appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Oh, I'm doing great. SEC football right around the corner. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what do you mean right around the corner? It's right here, right? we got Vanderbilt's coming up this weekend, man. you got the big matchup between the, the Commodores and the Warriors of Hawaii. I know. I mean, it's, <laughs> that would not normally be a game I'd be excited about, but uh, heck yeah. I mean, I'm going to be a couple beers deep, and I'm going to have a great time watching that one. Yeah, well, I was thinking about just uh, looking at uh, the games this weekend, and it's nice to have an SEC game happening this weekend too. But uh, well, I've been thinking about uh, Vanderbilt just in general. They had they had some nice wins, or at least a win last year against Florida, which was big. And I know that it's always uh, it's just Vanderbilt, but they 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 could be a team that at least makes other people's seasons terrible. Like may, they may not have a great season, but they could ruin somebody else's season this year. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, I mean, all four non-conference games are winnable for Vanderbilt, and they're right out the gate. So uh, if they can match what they did in the SEC last year, and that's just two wins, they'll go to a bowl game. And they probably should have beat Missouri, too. They were they lost by three to Missouri. So uh, I would not be surprised at all if Missouri advances to a bowl game this fall. So, uh, so with Vandy in general, there's some growth with them. So you see them being... A little bit better this year overall? 
Well, where they've got to really take a step up is on defense. They've been just god-awful both years under Clark Lee. And, you know, I assume that's what we were getting when we hired a defensive coordinator to be our head coach. But, no, obviously, I think that says more about the, the players he inherited. We're, we're just – the roster was in such a bad shape that, uh, you know, they were never going to turn it around overnight. But they've got a quarterback, A.J. Swan, who's pretty solid. He's a true freshman last year and played up at – he started against Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss when Ole Miss was undefeated and in the top ten. And, uh, you know, he didn't embarrass himself by any means. So, year two for A.J. Swan. They've got some good receivers. Uh, and as long, like I said, the defense, they've got to take some strides. If they do, I, I'm pretty confident they're going to be a bowl team. So, just looking at the uh, first week in general, I know we're looking at week zero, but week one, all the games and some of the ones that the SEC teams are going to be involved in, just – uh, what do you make of those matchups themselves, and is there one particular game and matchup that you're you're looking at and looking forward to the most in Week One for SEC teams? Well, for me, there's really two. There's uh, Florida at Utah. I think that's going to tell us a lot about Florida, and if they can secure a win there, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people at, at least early in the season. Uh, if they drop that one, I think. I don't know. I mean, I, I hate to put so much importance on one game on the road, but I just, man, if, if you can't beat a team like that, I don't know. So Florida at Utah Thursday, that's going to be, be a big one. And then the other one I have circled is uh, South Carolina, North Carolina in Charlotte. That's actually the Saturday night game, ESPN College game day. And the Gamecocks have such a difficult schedule the first five weeks of the season. It's basically a must-win there as well because they they go to Georgia three weeks later, Mississippi State at home the following week, and at Tennessee. It's just hard for me to believe they're going to win any more than one of those games if they can't beat North Carolina on the neutral field. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, of course, we're going to have to wait a week. We'll get a taste of it this weekend, but as far as SEC play coming up the following week, what are you looking forward to? Uh, you're talking about it in the first week of the, week one. Yes. Um. Well, I want to see if Tennessee wins by fifty or sixty uh, <laughs> against Virginia. That's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait to see KJ in Dan Eno's system. Uh, Rocket Sanders. Uh, I want to see. You know, I, I wouldn't imagine they're going to go too heavy in the opener against Western Carolina. I believe, but. Uh, you know, things like that intrigue me. Uh, I think uh, Judkins, I, I, I think all season long it's going to be what does Judkins do, what does Rocket Sanders do, because I think they're going to be battling for the rushing title all week long. And, and I realize the first week of the season it's not going to tell us much based on the opponents they're playing, but I'm pretty excited about that. LSU-Florida State, I mean, that's going to be a massive game Sunday night. Uh, and, and I don't think it really dictates how far LSU can go if they – lose that game, but I don't anticipate they do, because I, I think Florida State is very suspect. I think they're very overrated. You know what, Mike? We went to the season last year saying the same thing, though. Everybody kind of overlooked Florida State, and they came away with a win, even though it was a close game, and LSU should have won. Yeah. Well, that's true, and they looked pretty good, but I mean, even Florida, which was not playing that well at the end of last season, I mean, Florida nearly knocked Florida State off I believe in the bowl game, they barely beat Oklahoma, which had a down year. But, yeah, I, mean, I just don't respect the teams outside the SEC. I will be completely honest <laughs> with you. So that, that, that's part of the reason I'm down on Florida State. But I would love to, to see this hype train get derailed early in the season. Not a home game, but it is in Orlando. I have to imagine there's going to be more Florida State fans than LSU fans. And, and LSU's my pick to win it all. So I, I kind of need them to win that game. Got to love the honesty. Yeah, at least we uh, get down to the core concept there, too. But uh, but that's what makes it exciting and just knowing what the, the rest of the SEC is is really all about. In fact, uh, I saw a discussion being had about, you know, in the SEC East, you think about teams like uh, Missouri and Kentucky, for instance. I know Missouri, uh, they haven't had a winning season under Eli Drinkwitz just yet, but people are thinking that they got some momentum going. And then you think about a team like Kentucky with Mark Stoops has been kind of a, a big consistent for being a bowl-eligible team, sometimes it's won as many nine or uh, six games, whatever it may be. But those are two teams I think it's going to be pretty fascinating coming out of the East of uh, both – I don't say both of them have pressure, but both of them always have some expectations to go along with it and maybe expecting some improvement this season too. 
Yeah, and uh, I'm glad you said that, John, because I think Mark Stoops, believe it or not, I, there's no one talking about this besides me, but I think he is, you reference pressure, and, and I would agree, I don't think he's facing pressure right this minute, but once again, a lot of people hyping up Kentucky, and I, I'm one of them. I think they could win 10 games, if we're including the bowl game this season. I think they could be much improved, and I was down on them last year. I said Will Levis was overrated and all this, so... I think I was vindicated on that one, but what happens if Kentucky wins seven games again? And I realized ten years ago when Mark Stoops got there, seven games, that was that would be celebrated. But I don't think the fans are going to be happy with that. And and I don't know if that's fair or not, but I think it, it is kind of fair to question if Mark Stoops has hit a ceiling in Lexington, and maybe they think they can do better. And, and I'm not for sure that they can, but again, if they're hyped up once again and they win seven games, I don't think that fan base is going to be happy. So uh, I think there will be some questions on, on what is the ceiling with Mark Stoops. So, so let me ask you that because I think it's fascinating. At a place like Kentucky, which, uh, you know, it's basketball school. There's, there's no question about it. And Mark Stoops has done a really great job of providing that consistency. Like, what is a ceiling for a program like Kentucky, knowing that it's going to be second fiddle to the basketball program more often than not, uh, knowing that's in an SEC East or just oh, in the SEC because we know divisions are going away. But uh, if they can, if they get tired or get want to do something different from Mark Stoops, what's really their ceiling and an expectation that's realistic at Kentucky? Well, I think with. Texas and Oklahoma coming to the league, I, I think we've already started to see it. And already the SEC is so much further ahead than any conference, even the Big Ten, in my opinion. And I know I was joking before about not respecting the others, but it's true. And I think with Texas and Oklahoma coming in, I think that just adds to the SEC value. And I think it adds to wins you're going to see on the recruiting trail and NIL and coaching and all this. So, I don't know. I mean, I think the sky is the limit. Not to say that Kentucky can be like the next Alabama or something, but I think they could do a lot of... I mean, the facilities up there are, are pretty solid. Uh, the, the season tickets are sold out. I mean, those people are all in on football. This is the SEC, man. You should be doing more than seven wins in year 10, in my opinion. Now, again, I, that's not where it was when he took it over. Let's Let's credit Mark Stoops for what he's accomplished, but if we keep having all this hype and we're not delivering, you know, he's got two excellent coordinators in Liam Cohen and Brad White. I wonder if one of those guys may not be the next head coach at Kentucky if Mark Stoops can't get it done. Because the defense is one of the most underrated in the entire conference. I don't think anybody really pays attention to Kentucky's defense. And I think Liam Cohen was just instrumental two years ago in getting that offense to play at a, at a high level to to where they won 10 games. So in being down on Will Levis, uh, Mike, are you in the frame of mind that they are better at quarterback now with Devin Leary? Oh, absolutely. And I don't know where all that Will Levis hype really came from. Aside from, there was one article and it was like a sentence saying, Will Levis, my number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And there was no analysis, no nothing, but everybody ran with that. I get it. He likes mayonnaise in his coffee and he eats bananas weird, but that was about all the hype for, for Will Levis, whereas Devin Leary, which I know he did it in the ACC at NC State, but I went back and watched him play against Florida State and Clemson and, and teams of that nature, and and he did not hold them back. He was a solid player. And two years ago, he was legitimately probably a top-ten quarterback in the country, and I think he's going to have significantly better receivers and a better running back now at Kentucky they got to get that offensive line fixed. They were just dreadful on the offensive line last season, which is so weird because that, that's been the DNA of Mark Stoops' program is having a good offensive line, running the ball, and not having a quarterback and receivers. Now, now it's kind of the inverse. But if they can get that offensive line going and they brought in some transfers, I think uh, that's, that's a big reason why I'm so high on Kentucky. Hey, listen, it worked for Russell Wilson coming from NC State into another major conference. I don't see why he can't be Russell Wilson 2.0 for Kentucky. I mean, that seems to have the math adding up. But you brought up an interesting point there, Mike, of uh, you know being better at the quarterback position for Kentucky this year after replacing their previous guy. How many schools, or at least how many teams, do you feel confident in this year that have a new starting quarterback that are for sure better at quarterback than what they were a year ago? Hmm. 
Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, do, are we counting like Connor Wigman as a, as a new quarterback or no? Because he's up there. Yeah, I mean, just anybody that has a, d- a different starting quarterback from last year and is a better situation. I would say Kentucky that tops that list. Texas A&M, Connor Wigman, uh, Auburn with Peyton Thorne. I would throw them up there. Uh, those are kind of the ones that stand out, unless I'm forgetting it. I mean, there there are several guys that have, like a Carson Beck or a Joe Milton that are that were there, that I don't think those are upgrades. But I think they're going to be competent quarterbacks. I, I think that's the thing. People look at it. There's a lot of turnover at, at quarterback in the SEC, and they, they think the league is down at quarterback. I'm, I'm not among that. I mean, there's not many superstars short of maybe K.J. Jefferson, maybe Jane Daniels, which I, I don't think Jane Daniels is right now, but I think he could be at the end of the season. There may not be a lot of superstar quarterbacks, but I, I think the league, eight, nine quarterbacks deep in very, very solid guys, and it, it, Spencer Rattler could be in that group as well. He's just lacking consistency. Uh, he, he's another one to keep your eye on. I'm kind of down on him, but by all reports, he's he's on fire in camp. Now, everybody's on fire in camp. You know what? So, a lot of bullets start flying. <laughs> so, what do you think about Carson Beck overall at Georgia, surrounded by talent, and he is replacing Stetson Bennett, who a lot of people don't give credit to for being as good as he was, but now you're going to have the next guy that comes in to try to – lead Georgia to another national championship, and that's big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a huge question. And I have been one that doubted Stetson Bennett his entire career, so take what I say you know, with a grain of salt. I, so maybe I'm just not very plugged in on, on what they're doing at Georgia, even though every year, including last, you know, his final year, they tried to get a transfer quarterback to come in there and unseat him, but I think the number one thing you can say about Stetson Bennett is he was just clutch. He was clutch in a big-time moments, and I don't think there's any way Carson Beck could be as clutch as, as Stetson Bennett was the last two years in some pivotal moments. So, and he's certainly not as mobile either. Now, he's probably got a better arm. So, I mean, he's got his pluses as well, uh, but that seems like a drop-off. Georgia just had an injury to a running back. Their, their running back room is, I don't want to call it suspect, but I don't think it's quite as good as it has been in years past. I was just looking this up, and I, I can't believe I didn't really realize this till recently, but they only have two seniors on the defense. Now, I, 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 think, I still think their defense will be out of this world, but two, I should say two senior starters. There, there might be a little bit of a leadership void with Georgia, and Again, I'm just kind of picking apart the, the very little things I can find wrong with them because they, they should be number one. They should be the favorite to win it all. I don't think they will, but it would not surprise me at all if they do win a third national championship in a row. So, Mike, I, I want to ask you, we just got a few minutes left with you. Have you had a chance to check out Swamp Kings just yet? <laughs> I mean, I like the fact that they're calling it untold because that's what it is. You know, it's... <laughs> The Urban Myers version of what happened without getting into the juicy details. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I watched, I I couldn't finish it. At least I, I will at some point. And if you're a Florida fan, you love it. I get it. I mean, it's it's just an ode to those championship teams. But I just don't see how you can call out a documentary when everybody knows what went went on there and how wild it was. And just I mean, they just omitted so many things. And and that that doesn't mean it needed to be a hit piece, but I think you you tell the truth and you tell all, the whole side to everything and and they just they just steered away from all of that. So it needed to have another name, possibly, or be on a different platform since everything is skewed towards <laughs> Urban Meyer. Is that what you're saying? I mean, they should have called it Urban Meyer's looking for a new job or something <laughs> like that. Because I mean, it made him look great, and I mean, we all know he's a scumbag, and he'll probably be the next Texas A&M coach in about nine months, and. <laughs> And more power to him, but, uh, I mean, I'm not a fan of his at all. Yeah, well, I think, like, it's weird because there's so many successful coaches that have been, especially in college sports, especially in college football, that have, you know, people whether they like or didn't like or however, but 
he's kind of an interesting combo where not only was he a really good coach and won two national uh, two national championships in Florida and then one at Ohio State, like not many people have been able to do that, but there is not really one redeeming quality as far as a personality or off the field or anything that I feel like anyone comes up with, which is just so strange because usually successful college football coaches, for all the intents and purposes, have some sort of redeeming thing about them. Right, and, and I think the... The best line in that whole show comes from Paul Feinbaum, and and he says something to the effect of, you know, every coach turns a blind eye to some things, and we we can't be naive on that. But they all have a limit to where, you know, we can't overlook this. And Urban Meyer just does not have that. I mean, he will overlook anything, <laughs> and it just it kind of throws uh, it. It just it, it just paints the whole picture in, in a negative because there there is nothing he would overlook. And I, we could say that about multiple stops. Everywhere he's been is a disaster, even the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, that one uh, didn't not work out very well. Uh, he could probably get away with some of the college antics, but, man, it, it's it's wild to hear a lot of these stories coming out and then seeing some of the quotes that he had. Because Ohio State, what was, the, what was his assistant coach's name? Zach Smith. Zach Smith and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yep. just you can't make it up. That's why I was really hoping that it was going to be more of a true, real, raw thing. But, nope, just like as you said, it was more about, hey, remember this, how great it was and how awesome it was? Yep, those were great times. Didn't really do anything uh, for me, at least. I haven't finished it yet either, Mike, but for me it hasn't done anything and anything significant. But either way, hey, man, we're up against it, but we appreciate it as always. Michael Bratton of That SEC Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael W. Bratton. Appreciate you joining us, man, and have fun this weekend and looking forward to talking some real college football with you here soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, appreciate it. we got more Out of Bounds here on a Trash Talk Thursday. Coming up next, stay with us. Tune in to hear what the Head Hog has to say each Wednesday with the Sam Pittman Show. Brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai of Conway, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer. Center. Arkansas football continued practices yesterday. Afterwards, Florida transfer guard Joshua Braun spoke to the media. He talked about being recruited to Georgia by Sam Pittman out of high school. Throughout the recruiting process, we were very candid with the coaches that were interested in me, um, and they were with us as well. And he said that the only job he would ever leave for is Arkansas. And so when it came up that he got the Arkansas job and he left, it wasn't like he... I mean, he told us up front that he that was the only job he'd leave for. I didn't hold any ill will against him. He's living out his dream, and now I'm just thankful that I get to be a part of his dream and help him uh, reach the next level. Arkansas football is now just nine days away from kicking off their season against Western Carolina at War Memorial Stadium. And the Arkansas Travelers fell to the Wichita wind surge 5-1 to one last night. They'll play again tonight at 7.05. Coverage can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. This is Trey Reed from The Wild Side on 103.7 The Buzz, inviting you to join Mark Hedrick and me Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Brought to you by West Rock Landing at Lake Maumelle, Edwards Food Giant, all about tire and brake, battery outfitters, and Trader Bills Outdoors, Hot Springs, and Little Rock locations. It's The Wild Side, Tuesday at 7 p.m., only on 103.7 The Buzz. After I drop the kids off, I have to run across town for a meeting, hit the gym during lunch, Jake has soccer tonight, and Emily has... Gymnastics? Oh, did I turn on the Crock-Pot this morning? (laughs) With a never-ending to-do list, it's easy to forget something important, like setting up a life insurance plan with Shelter Insurance. Your local shelter agent can show you how to create a safety net for your family. Shelter Life Insurance Company, Columbia, Missouri. See Shelter Agent Dan Cook in North Little Rock, Becky Bradley in Sherwood, or Angie Collins in Heber Springs today. If you haven't stopped by Arch Marine lately, you are literally missing the boat. And no boat is complete without a Tahatsu motor. Arch Marine in North Little Rock has them ranging from 3.5 to 140 horsepower. That's Arch Marine in North Little Rock. Take the Levy exit.
August is here, and so is the start of spooky season. Stores are packed with Halloween decor, candy, and costumes. And car dealerships are flaunting interest rates that would scare Freddy Krueger. It's not that way at Guadney Buick GMC, next to Sam's in North Little Rock. Guadney's offering rates as low as 0.9%. This year, say no to candy corn, circus peanuts, licorice, and four-cylinder full-size trucks. Guadney Buick GMC's trucks have too many features, too much power, and twice the cylinders. Why go buy a full-size truck with a four-cylinder when you can get the 5.3-liter V8 with an additional $32.50 off at Guadney Buick GMC? Buying a car doesn't have to be scary, and shopping at Guadney never is. 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock. Call 501-945-4444. GuadneyBuickGMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. All offers with approved credit. Guadney for Buick, Guadney for GMC, Guadney for life. From sales, service, parts, and rental equipment, River Valley Tractor does it all and does it right. Your leading Kubota dealer is right around the corner with five locations throughout Central Arkansas. River Valley Tractor, serving Central Arkansas and Bryant, Sherwood, Conway, Russellville, and Pine Bluff. Work smarter this year, not harder, with River Valley Tractor. Online at rivervalleytractor.com. River Valley Tractor, closer than you think. Join Randy Rainwater on location Thursday at Robert Irwin Jewelers' new location in the Pleasant Ridge Town Center. Randy will have $1,000 in Robert Irwin Jeweler gift cards to give away. Stay tuned to Drive Time Sports on how to win. Join Double R Thursday at Robert Irwin Jewelers. Hey folks, I'm Bob Bottom Dollar Waller with Mark McClarty Ford, and we're Arkansas's number one Ford Superstore. That means we're bringing you our biggest inventory and even better deals. Like $8,000 off the F-150 4x4 Super Crew XLT. That's right, $8,000 off new F-150s. Come see your President's Award winner three years in a row, Mark McClarty Ford. Where people don't shop, they buy. That's the McClarty difference. WHC number one based on 2022 new vehicle sales reports from Ford. Check out Hogs Meat Market's monthly specials and meat packages at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. We do things around here my way. You understand that? You show me the kind of smarts. Makes me wonder if you know the difference between a sneeze and a wet fart. You're going to be second string all your life, boy. On 1037 The Buzz. It's a great time to get to Twin Peaks for happy hour, 2 to 7, later happy hour, 10 to close. Enjoy all the food and drink specials that go along with it. Get a lunch combo starting as low as $7.99. If you want to take some food to go, you can order online curbside or to go, courtesy of Postmates, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Great drink specials during happy hour, apps for $2, 4 and $6. And when you walk through the doors at Twin Peaks, you'll see their rare bourbons, whiskeys, and tequilas on display right at the front door so you'll know exactly what type of drinks you're getting and uh, the exclusive and extensive collection that they have there at Twin Peaks. You want to get those fantasy football draft parties together and you want to do it at Twin Peaks, it's the best place to get the great eats, drinks, and scenic views. You want to go to TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Fantasy Draft to get registered for that. $50 bonus card for a commissioner and $5 bonus cards for every drafter. Twin Peaks has plenty of seating inside and out. Wall-to-wall TVs to see all the sports action. Plenty of sports action coming up this week and this weekend. There's boxing, MMA every weekend. There's college football coming up. NFL preseason games. There are games tonight with uh, the Steelers at Falcons and Colts at Eagles. Both those games are on TV, so they'll be there at Twin Peaks for you to watch. It's Twin Peaks, each drink, scenic views. It's Trash Talk Thursday here on Out of Bounds, and I know that uh, we appreciate Michael Bratton of That SEC Podcast joining us, and actually on the Asher Record Live Fan Feedback, as well as the Southern Structural Solutions text line. It might be the same person, I don't know, but uh comes from uh, the 501, says, John caught the tail end of the Auburn not selling out their opener. I think I heard Acre say that the zone, on the zone that there's still like 15,000 tickets left for the hog game yikes and then also rusty says john acting like auburn selling over eighty-seven thousand tickets against umass is no big deal i heard on justin west's show that the memorial sold around forty thousand. uh yeah but if you listen to the full quote in context i was saying when you have a new coach that has new excitement 
and bringing in someone who, like Hugh Freeze, who's been established, you're going to sell out your home opener. Like, that's what my point was. It's just when you have change, <laughs> when you have change and excitement, people want to go to the games. That's all it is. But hopefully, War Memorial gets sold out, yeah, too. Both of those should sell out. Yeah. And it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. And uh, TP and Litterock says, hey, John, put your money on South Carolina this year. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I don't care enough about South Carolina one way or the other to put money on them, especially. But well, uh, money, you know, when money is involved, you're only worried about wins and losses. So it's not whether you like a team or not, because there have been some people that were fans and told this story before where they may have been fans of a certain team and got heavily involved. And then it was more about the money. It didn't matter. They would even place bets against their team, mm-hmm. they, what their team used to be. As long as somebody was delivering with money, didn't matter. Yeah, but I don't want to find myself rooting for some other team that I don't want to root for, even if it meant money. That's why it's like, if it's a certain game, like you know, national championship game, something like that, for sure, I'll do it, because I may have a rooting interest in one of those things. But when it comes to like an entire season, I'm not going to be sitting there waiting each and every game for South Carolina. I'm be like, okay, give me that extra win. i got to get the over eight and a half or whatever it is. Like, I, don't, I don't want to get to that point. Uh, I, don't, I just want to root for the teams that I want to root for. And then in the games, <laughs> I can have a certain team that I can root for. But not in. But the that's only season. if money is involved. Right, so if, right. if you want to stay away from it, then it's a moot point. Yeah. I, I've, I'm going to uh, make some bets with Bet Saracen this year. I already have with some of the prop plays and everything for Arkansas. But, you know, this weekend with college football getting started up, I'm going to play some bets there too. But uh, I'm not going to be following Vandy's season that closely where I can start saying, hey, well, you know, I really think that they can hit the over of three and a half, whatever it is. That's that's too much for me. But let's go back to the phone lines. Ryan is in Hot Springs. What's up, Ryan? Well, you know, that's the exact reason why I keep them all my part away. Because, you, know, I, I, you know, I want them to be able to enjoy a win. You know, they're you know, they picked to win by 10, and I pick them to cover on the deal, and they win by three. I'm just, this is going to sour my money. You know what I mean? I just, I just try to leave them off my bill and just root them for a win. Yeah, but uh, smart way to do it. Call- right. Well, the reason why I called was because you know I saw your TikTok about your uh, favorite comeback. I gotta say I'm pretty proud of you because you uh, you could have went with kind of the cliche ones and you went against grain a little bit. Now I-, I like your pick. I uh, especially the last one, the A and M one. You know that was um, I was finally kind of at an age where I was able to really actually sit down and watch games because when I was younger, you know, I, all my time but around for Razorback games was sitting around a radio at deer camp. So I didn't get you know growing up. So I was. Probably in my late teens, early 20s, I didn't get to watch very many games. I didn't even go to my first one until I was probably 22, 23. We were, uh, when we played uh, New Mexico, uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. So it's kind, of, it's kind of a nice little segue there talking about the comeback. But, uh, yeah, I will say that A&M comeback is probably one of my all-time favorites. Well, Ryan, yeah, just to uh, provide some context for people, uh, there was this thing on which on, apparently on my, uh, I did a TikTok because I could do these top three whatever about Razorback football, Razorback sports, anything like that. And first off, uh, I always like to use the most trending filter to try to get as much algorithm as I can. And the filter that they had me on looked—I mean, I looked like a carrot. Like I, I looked like I looked like Donald Trump out there with an what orange skin. What filter is this? It, it was called like—it's black, gold, and like high saturation. And that was apparently a filter that's a lot of people are using on TikTok. I was like, I'll try this out. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I look well, ridiculous. Well, in I was that. too. I was too worried about the content, so I didn't know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were. I'm glad you were. That's probably what it needed to be about, Ryan. But, yes, but, it was my top three comebacks in Razorback football history. Uh, I had the third one being when Arkansas actually had the most points that they came back from behind against Ole Miss in 2017. They were down by 24 points in one. And then in number two was the uh, actual the Alabama game that we just referenced with Matt Jones, double overtime. Arkansas was down 21 points in that game on the road. Came back, and then number one was 2011 Texas A&M when Arkansas was down 35-17 at halftime. Came back and won. So uh, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from, though. Well, what was cool about that, though, was, well, I I, want to go back. I figured you would have had, like, one of the Markham games the way he'd come back and won one. It was kind of what I was expecting. But what was cool about that A&M game, because, you know, every year, I don't know if they've done it in the last couple or not, but they they would do a – Kind of a sponsored song for the like for the anthem that year, or whatever for college football. Well, that year it was if I can get through this by uh, Art of Dying, and uh, they had Tyler go for the go ahead two point conversion. They had that playing going to commercial as he's getting the two point conversion. It was just a cool little montage. I just thought that kind of kind of really fit the kind of that scenario. You know, the, the we were talking about yesterday about underrated games and stuff. That a lot of people forget 2011 how many comeback wins we actually had. 
Uh, well, we had A&M, mm-hmm. Vandy, and Ole Miss, and I might be forgetting another one, but I know I do know those three. We had to have some, some uh, hard work to come back on those uh, on those three games there. But that's my thoughts. Hope you all have a great day, and uh, go Hogs. Right, appreciate appreciate it, Ryan. Appreciate you calling in, as always, Ryan. Yeah, I was thinking about yeah those other 2011 games you mentioned. Uh, Arkansas was down 17 nothing to Ole Miss on the road, came back and won. And the Vanderbilt game was when James Franklin was there. And honestly, if it wasn't for I don't remember the running back's name for Vanderbilt, if it wasn't for him fumbling the ball on like the goal line and Jerry Franklin returning it like 92 yards for a touchdown, Vanderbilt was about to go up two possessions and probably win the game. And they had a chance to tie the game at the end. Missed a chip shot field goal, and Arkansas got out of there. Worked so. out well for Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very few times it does, but that was definitely one of those times it, it did. But, yeah, going back, I think that was the year. You remember it. That was the year or the year after when James Franklin won nine games at Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah, it was impressive. Everyone's blown away, which he's doing a great job at Penn State, you know, and taking over that. Yeah, yeah, a little different standards and expectations there because – if you win nine there, it's fine, but they look for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we as we know, and what Penn State has with one hundred ten thousand fans there and Happy Valley, uh, the the fact that he's not only doing a good job there, but staying consistent, they probably want to say, hey, you know, when he can win that Big Ten title for us here soon, we can we can really Get appreciate that. Yeah, but uh, they they got all the all the means and everything necessary. I thought it was so shocking when he took the job. Not that you know he wanted to stay at Vanderbilt, but just knowing kind of what they went through and then with the Jerry Sandusky deal, and then he had Pat, was it uh, Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there was a little time in between. Yeah, but uh, I can't even remember. Did Bill O'Brien do well? Or he was, did. Okay. I can't remember if he was successful or not, because then he took the Texans' job, and then James Franklin came in and uh, has done a pretty good job ever since and had some really great games. But, yeah, that was uh, – I always look back to that era of the SEC in, like, the 2010, 2011, kind of like the golden era of, of coaches, at least, in the SEC, because you had – Les Miles, Nick Saban, Bobby Petrino, Dan Mullen. Uh, you had, uh, I mean, Gene Chizik, but he still won a championship. Uh, you had him, and then you had Mark Richt. You had Urban Meyer. You had Steve Spurrier. You had James Franklin. Um, trying to think of the other guy, Derek Dooley. He wasn't anybody. But the point is, is that you had a lot of great <laughs> coaches there that some are still coaching to this day, and uh, some, you know, had a lot of success or championships or whatever. So. Uh, that was, yeah, that probably won't be duplicated. New, no. even though there are some there are some really good coaches in the SEC now. Yeah, I mean, still still got Nick Saban, still got Kirby Smart. Those are the two gold standard ones. And uh, Lane still, Kiffin, we still got so yeah, Lane, ones like Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel, and uh, you know younger coaches that are new to at least being a head coach in the game. You know, people are big on Shane Beamer. Maybe he takes the next step forward. And they still have some older established coaches like Jimbo Fisher, who uh, I know that he's got a lot of pressure on him this year, but. He's established. He's won a championship. He's got a ring. It still counts. So you got him, Hugh Freeze, as we know. He's been around. So, uh, yeah, the, the coaching realm in college is always fascinating. But the SEC, so you know, somebody's got to finish last. Some somebody's got to struggle. Always, yeah. always. The numbers don't support everybody winning. Now, season to season, things can change. But for one season in particular, yeah, yeah there. And unless there's a lot of parity in the league, which means that teams at the top are going to lose more than you expect them to lose. Also, real quick before we take a break, uh, on our Southern Structural Solutions text line from the 501 says the Urban Meyer, uh, Urban Meyer and the Untold documentary is what an O.J. Simpson documentary would look and sound like on himself. So I guess it was just uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of Urban Meyer and telling how great he is. And it was a little bit of it, uh, for sure. I'll see if how it turns out when I finish it. But woof. Yeah, I... I I don't. I never liked the guy, but whatever he did in college worked. Uh, you know, you got to give him credit for that. Uh, he may not, he may be a disgusting human being, but on the field, figured it out when he was in college. Well, that's what people care about: wins. Mm-hmm. If you can win, they're going to accept you and some of the baggage that comes along with it. Yeah, that's what probably Jacksonville thought too, but that did not last. Not last long at all, and probably for the for the best for everybody involved. But hey, we're up against it. We're going to have your Razor Hog update presented by True Service coming up next as well as keeping it moving with your phone calls and text messages on Trash Talk Thursday on Out of Bounds. Stay with us. Hey, 
Central Arkansas, are you getting piggy with it and ready for some football? Donate blood with Our Blood Institute at Select Mobile Blood Drives August 21st to the 27th for your chance to win one of two grand prize football packages that include a pair of September 2nd Little Rock game tickets, one night hotel stay, and game day swag. All blood donors will receive a limited edition football themed t-shirt and a free ticket to Magic Springs. So get out on the gridiron and support your community. Visit obi.org slash events today. Greenway is your local source for John Deere equipment and implements. Now, we've made finding the perfect piece of equipment even easier. Shop our tractor packages online at gogreenway.com. Till deeper with our down-to-earth package. Or save big with our green saver package. Need something with a little more muscle? Kick it up a notch with Greenway's Get In Gear package. We're here to support the DIYer in you. No matter what project comes your way, Greenway has you covered. Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? Driving high will get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high, well, everyone else can. Friends? I can tell you drove high. Parents? I can tell when you drive high. Relatives? I can tell. You drove here high, didn't you? So what makes you think law enforcement can't? I can tell. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Roger Scott, I'm going to talk to you about Sigma Supply packaging products and how they think outside the box. Sigma Supply, they're problem solvers. Now, they've been helping business owners for years with their waste audit analysis program. They're going to come in, they're going to analyze your packaging and shipping, and see if automation is what you need to cut costs. Call or text sales manager David Breitenberg with Sigma Supply, and you can schedule your waste audit analysis. Here's the number, 501-617-4600. Sigma Supply packaging products. If you're not using Sigma Supply, you got low-grade product, man. With Labor Day savings at the Home Depot, we have laundry appliances that just fit. They'll fit your space, fit your needs, and with extra large capacity, Samsung Laundry Pairs can fit more loads in less time. Plus, with free delivery on orders of $396 and up, you won't have to worry about fitting your new laundry pair in the back of your car. Get up to $700 off select appliances, like Samsung, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing value 824 through 913 US only. See store or online for details. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Wes Moore. Coming up Friday, The Zone is on the road. We'll be in Russellville at McDonald's. Come on by, hang out with us, get you a Big Mac. We're talking about rounding up to help charity. Also coming up on the show, the new executive director of the Razorback Foundation will join us, Ryan White. We'll talk about the foundation and much more. Plus, Tom Murphy has the very latest on the Razorbacks. All that and a whole lot more coming up Friday in The Zone. It's where sports and entertainment come crashing together. Same great deals, all new location for Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock at 3901 JFK Boulevard. Call them today at 501-758-7700 for all their specials at Hogs Meat Market. The Steak People. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Oh, man. Talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay, okay. The car just, just committed suicide. Shut up, man. On 1037 The Buzz. Bet Saracen is Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. Bet Saracen is as close as your cell phone. Just go to the App Store and download the Bet Saracen app or go to betsaracen.com. Combat sports, boxing, MMA, golf, Major League Baseball, NFL preseason, week one and futures, college football, lines and futures also. And tonight there's NFL preseason. 
with Steelers, five and a half point favorite over the Falcons. 38 and a half is the over under. And then you have the Colts, three and a half point favorite over the Eagles, 37 and a half is the over under. Just some of the wagers that you can choose from on Bet Saracen. They have any and everything you're looking to wager. Get in game prop bets, specials. Everything is there on the Bet Saracen app. So for the most accurate and up to date sports wagering info, you need to be on the Bet Saracen app. It's simple. Just go to the App Store, download the Bet Saracen app, or go to BetSaracen.com. Be sure to check out the video of how to play featuring Jancy Sheets. It's Trash Talk Thursday here on Out of Bounds, and I know that it's a hot one out there. I just saw Todd Yukobian of KATV tweet out that Litter Rock now has a heat index of 120 degrees. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. That is absolutely absurd. 120 degrees. You know, if it's if you want to really look at it this way, if it was 100 degrees outside and you took 20 degrees away, that's 80. That's still warm. And you have 100 degrees, which is blazingly hot, and you add 20 more degrees. <laughs> like, if, if you want to really want to put it in that perspective. Crazy. Just absolutely terrible. So If you don't have to go man. outside, then don't. And for the people that work outside... Be safe today. Yes. Be safe. Be hydrate. Yes. Hydrate more so than anything. I know those uh, liquid IVs that uh, I take a lot of them, and I know a lot of people do. They do work, and they are effective. And uh, I was just looking at, uh, he put out a map, Todd Yacobian did, apparently over in Russellville, which the guys on the zone are going to be there tomorrow. It's 124 of an heat index. So just it's craziness, craziness out there. So be careful. Be safe. And uh, just, yeah, try to try to stay out of it as much as possible. Also from our uh, Southern Structural Solutions text line, someone from 501 says, John, doesn't Urban Meyer have a degree in te- psychology? If so, guess he got a dose of reality in the NFL and couldn't psych out the professional athletes. That sounds right. I think I read something they did have a degree in psychology. But, yeah, you can't just rip NFL players a new one. You just can't do that. And that worked for him at Ohio State in Florida. Just can't do it there. Because that was one thing I saw from the documentary. I won't quote it verbatim, but... One of the players said that Urban Meyer said this in front of his team, where he's like, if you're crap, I'm going to treat you like crap. If you're not a good player, I'm going to treat you like crap. Like, but if you're a superstar, I'm going to treat you like a superstar. And if you don't like me treating like crap, then show me that you can be a superstar so I can, you can get the good treatment from me. It's kind of like, wow. I mean, it, I guess it works out, gets you motivated, but to, to approach it that way was pretty shocking. So, yeah. He knew what he was doing. Nick Saban had a similar approach, and he had more time where we saw a bigger sample size, and you could see that he was having more success overall. And plus, he spent more time in the NFL as an assistant coach. So, you know, to say that the Urban Meyer deal didn't work, it didn't, but we only saw it for one season. So, And that was all that many people needed to see it for. You know, who knows what could have happened if it went longer than one season. But it didn't. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing when Petrino only lasted a season, not even a season. Not even a season. Not even a season. You had, uh, was it Lou Holtz, I think, also? He didn't last a full season in the NFL. Uh, Did Pete Carroll the first time last a season in the NFL? Yeah, he was more than one season. Okay. But he's obviously found success with it now. Steve Spurrier, I think he was like three years maybe with with the Redskins back then. Jimmy Johnson, the gold standard from college to NFL. Dude is the goat when it comes to and having then Barry success. Switzer right there <laughs> after. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, you talk about getting handed the keys to a Ferrari and walking in and you know making it work, but he did. You got to give him credit. He still made it and still won the Super Bowl, even if he had an incredible team, that, yeah. the players that he was surrounded. And then by. of course, Pete Carroll is in that same company, college NFL championships. That's right, because he's only won one Super Bowl, right, with Seahawks. I'm like, yeah, just one. Yep, still that's. Awesome. And just, just, just the one. And if you ask the NCAA, he has no national championships. But we all know better than that. But yeah, there's a few ones that had success and a few that just didn't have success. But you can usually tell pretty quickly whether or not they're going to be good. Because oh, another one, uh, uh, Chip Kelly, right? Was with the Eagles. Yeah, went yeah. from Oregon it, to the Eagles and and Niners and Niners. That's right. He had two jobs, and now he's with UCLA and doing a pretty good job. Uh, let's see if uh, just Chuck says, can you imagine what an old untold about Bobby Petrino at Arkansas would look like? That would be hilarious. And hilarious is one way to put it. Yeah. Now, who knows? Maybe that'll happen here soon. And he's trying to get another job. Uh, uh, maybe if A&M doesn't work out or, you know, he's really trying to get back into the game. Maybe they give that to him. 
And then the 501 says Saban would have been a successful eventually in the NFL, just not in Miami. He went 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and seven in two seasons, and four of those games were against his mentor. So, was, Yeah, the 9-7 and seven season, they were close to making the playoffs. Yeah, because was, was that the whole deal with like Drew Brees, right? Wasn't that involved in that? Yeah, they didn't take a shot at Drew Brees because he was coming off that injury, and then look what he went on to do. Mm. I would have loved to have seen Nick Saban and Drew Brees there at Miami and Seen how they all would have played out. They Mainly, instead took Dante Culpepper. Yeah, he was all right. But he was no Drew Brees. I I say that mainly because I would have liked to see Nick Saban not be in the SEC for 15 years and dominating it. Like I'd, I'd rather him not have just changed the game completely and just him stayed in the NFL and had success. But then he would have been just beating up on my Jets every single year. So you know, catch 22 there. Uh, we just got a few minutes, though, so let's go ahead and jump into your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! Arkansas wins the national championship! The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season! On by 90! This is your Razor Hog update on Out of Bounds, presented by True Service Community Federal Credit Union, where they offer new mortgage loans, refinancing, auto loans, and small business loans. Online at trueservice.net. All right, so for your Razor Hog update, we got to hear from Tank Booker, one of the defensive linemen for Arkansas, transfer from Maryland, as well as Josh Braun, transfer from Florida on the offensive line. So definitely going with a theme there. But Tank Booker said this about why he decided to come to Arkansas. Really wanted to play in the SEC. Um, really, Coach Pitt did a great job recruiting me in the portal and um, had a relationship with him before um, in high school. So I um, just built on from that. And then, um, you know, just competition in the SEC, going against guys like Brian, um, Brady, Bo, and then also being in a great room in our defensive line. Just wanted to add a little bit to that. And Josh Braun was asked the same question, and he kind of had the same answer. Throughout the recruiting process, we were very candid with the coaches that were interested in me, um, and they were with us as well. And he said that the only job he would ever leave for is Arkansas. And so when it came up that he got the Arkansas job and he left, it wasn't like he... I mean, he told us up front that he that was the only job he'd leave for. I didn't hold any ill will against him. He's living out his dream, and now I'm just thankful that I get to be a part of his dream and help him uh, reach the next level. Everything comes full circle. And finally, Josh Braun on what he can bring to the Arkansas offensive line this season. I've played in some big games. I've been a part of teams that have played in big games. Uh, so I know the preparation and the attention to detail that goes into uh, playing in and ultimately winning those games. Um, and so I can... I just hope I bring some of that attention to detail to some of the younger guys in the room, because um, people like uh, guys like Brady and Bo already know how to play in the SEC West, and so just help mentor these younger guys into becoming the next generation of Razorback offensive linemen. We'll get to hear more from some players throughout the week, and also Sam Pittman, and then we'll have game week next week. It is upon us. But there's your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. We'll take a top of the hour update when we come back. Former Razorback offensive lineman Grant Cook will be joining us. Played under Bobby Petrino, Nost, Sam Pittman, and we're going to talk to him about what he thinks about the offensive line and their pass protection issues. We'll get to that and a lot more in the third hour of Out of Bounds coming up next. Razorback football is back in the rock. 2023 brings back all the things you love about game days at War Memorial Stadium, including tailgating, the hog walk, running through the A, and for the first time in six seasons, the football season opener. Cheer on Coach Pittman and the Hogs and experience game day in Little Rock on Saturday, September 2nd, 3 p.m. as the Hogs battle Western Carolina. Get your season tickets today at ArkansasRazorbacks.com, the War Memorial Stadium ticket office, 